Let me ask y'all a question real quick. Do you strive for perfection in your spiritual life? If so, what do you do when you blow it? What do you do when you realize that perfection ain't even possible? If you're like me, if you're like most Christians, man, you just kind of get discouraged. But I want to tell you something this morning. God is not looking for you to be perfect. He's not looking for you to be perfect. What God wants from you, listen to me, is faithfulness and consistency. Faithfulness and consistency. When we live lives, consistent Christian lives, we can thrive no matter how turbulent times get. And we can have confidence when we get ready to meet Jesus face to face. Have you thought about what it's going to be like when you meet Jesus face to face? You know, as a rule, we like things to be consistent. For example, we like it when our car starts consistently. We like it when the airplane pilot lands the plane consistently. We like it when the surgeon performs the operations consistently. We like it when our home appliances work consistently. But let me just tell you, when things don't work consistently, boy, I am quick to criticize. When people or things don't work consistently, I'm typically not very patient with their inconsistency but when it comes to my spiritual life well I'm a lot more forgiving amen I mean after all God can't expect me to be consistently faithful I'm only human right but did you know that in the Bible James suggests that we can and that we should strive for spiritual perfection. He says in James 1.4, But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. It seems that somehow that we have gotten the idea that it's okay to be inconsistent. When it comes to our devotion to God. After all, God is a forgiving God, isn't he? And yes, friend, he is a forgiving God. But we should never allow inconsistency to take root in our life. Especially in our spiritual lives. Because, listen, when you do that, it's like you're taking God's grace for granted. Paul asked the Roman believers, he said, what then, church, what then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but we're under grace? Paul said, certainly not. Certainly not. Let us not take the grace of God for granted. No, friend, I believe that we should be consistent in all things, but especially when it comes to living by faith in the Lord. 
And when we're consistent, we'll also find that we'll be more confident, that we'll be more courageous, no matter how turbulent your days get. Now today, on page 1083 in the Bibles in front of you, I'm going to share a sermon from one verse of Scripture. From 1 John chapter 2 in verse 28, page 1083 in the Bibles in front of you. And here is what the Apostle John is writing. Now you need to know that 1 John basically is a letter that was written to a, a wide scope of churches in the Asia Minor area. Okay, so this was circulated. All right, here's what John said in 1 John chapter 2 in verse 28. He said, now, little children, abide in him, in Jesus. Abide in him that when, say when, not if, when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Friends, once again today, we're going to see how our spiritual lives, how you and I ought to be living, corresponds with the appearance of Jesus Christ at the rapture of his church. And I want to begin by pointing out some characteristics, some marks of consistency. If it's that important, we need to understand what it looks like. So here are some marks of consistency. John used that term, little children, to refer to God's people over nine times in this letter alone. Now, little children is just the way that he referred to people of God that were loved by God, right? But more importantly than that word little children is the term abide. Say abide. He used the word abide 20 times. So this is a pretty important word. Now, abide basically means to continue, to remain, to stay in a relationship with Christ. And since we don't use that word abide very much these days, we can use the phrase be consistent. Basically means the same thing. To abide means be consistent. John very well could have said, little children, be consistent in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Stay consistent in your devotion and your obedience to the Lord. Now, if we're honest, being consistent is not always easy for us. And while it may not be easy, what I want you to know this morning is that it is possible. And John shows us how. Here's what John says. In that, in that letter that was circulated through all the churches, he says at one point that we should strive to be consistently Christ-like. In 1 John 2.6, we're told that if we profess to abide in Christ, if we profess that we are being consistent with Jesus, we also ought to, listen, walk as he walked. To be Christ-like. So while it may not always be easy, the concept itself is pretty simple. It is basically this. Christians or Christ ones, right, 
we ought to live like the one we follow. It's a pretty simple concept. But I read where the ancient king of Macedonia, maybe you've heard of him, Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great once had a young soldier in his army named of all things Alexander. And this young soldier often shrunk from his duties. Very inconsistent. He was also very cowardly. Well, one day, the great king calls the young soldier before him, and he tells the young soldier this. He said, either you start being a brave soldier, you stop being inconsistent, or you need to change your name. I wonder if the Lord ever looks down on me and says, Bill, if you're going to be called by my name, you're going to need to live a little bit more like me. Friend, the only way that you or I can live like Christ is to know him well. To know him well. And you do that by reading and studying the word of God and consistently putting into practice the priorities, the choices, and the values that you find here. That's the key. That's how you be consistently Christ-like. Now, here's the problem. You can't do that in one hour on a Sunday morning. This is why small group Bible study is so imperative for the Christian. If you're going to be Christ-like, you're going to need to know him well. And you're going to need to be in a small group Bible study. You're going you're to need this every day. You're going to need to be in the Word of God every day to, so that you can know what it looks like to be Christ-like. Abiding in Christ. It means to consistently make Jesus your constant priority day in and day out, moment in and moment out. That's consistently being Christ-like. But John also directs us that we should strive to be consistently caring. Consistently caring. In 1 John chapter 2, in verse 3, in verse 17, the Bible says, But whoever, <clears throat> whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how can the love of God abide in him? How can the love of God abide in him if you see somebody in need but don't attempt to fill that need? John leaves zero, y'all, zero wiggle room for inconsistency when it comes to you and I loving our brothers and sisters in Christ and loving people outside the church. Zero. I just shared one with you. Here's another scripture verse. In verse 23 of chapter 3, he says, And this is the Lord's commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ, and listen, and love one another as he gave us commandment. He doesn't stop there. In chapter 4, verse 7, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And if we continue on in verse 20, same chapter, he says, if somebody says, I love God, but he hates his brother, 
He's a liar. He's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God, whom he has not seen? Caring for our brothers and sisters in Christ in the church is of utmost importance. But loving people outside the church is also extremely important if you're going to be consistently caring. Now, we also need to strive to be consistently confident. Now, I kind of addressed this at length last week when I spoke about not being discouraged, but being encouraged by the Word of God. See, God's Word provides a multitude of promises that you and I as children of God should cling to. I mean, if you can't cling to the Word of our Creator, whose Word can you cling to, right? I mean, this book is loaded with promises that give us confidence today and for the future. And so we can be consistently confident. Now, number four, we should also strive to be consistently compliant. Now, I don't have to tell you that it's not enough to just know God's word. You got to do it. It's not enough to just profess it. You got to practice it. You got to know it. And in 1 John 2, 17, we're told that the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does, say does, he who does the will of God will last forever. It's very important that we become consistently compliant. Now, many people don't consider compliance to be a very positive character trait. But let me tell you something. God does. God does. When we comply with the word of God, what we're doing is we're being actively obedient. We're complying with the commands of God. Therefore, to comply with God's word is to say this. Lord, I am willingly obeying you because I know that you always have my best on your mind. We ought to be and desire to be consistently compliant. You know, Jesus was compliant. That's right. He was compliant to the will of God in everything. In fact, throughout Scripture, Jesus lived out what he said to his disciples when he said, I do not seek my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me. He was compliant to the Father's will. Y'all, can you imagine? Can you imagine what it, would have, what it must have been like to live every single moment of your life according to the will of God? Can you imagine the blessing that it must have been for Jesus to live every moment of his life according to God's will? Friends, that's how we should strive to live, is according to the will of the Father. And the more we comply to God's word, you know what's going to happen? The more you comply to the word of God, the more consistently you're going to start looking like Jesus. That's where we get it. So we need to strive to be consistently compliant. But also we should strive to be consistently, well, consistent. Consistently consistent. In 1 John 2.24, if we were to substitute the word continue for the word abide there, you're going to understand a little bit better what John is trying to say. 
Let me share it with you. Therefore, let that abide in you, continue in you, which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, continues in you, you will also abide or continue in the Son and in the Father. Listen to me, y'all. When you responded to the word of God concerning salvation, you were saved. Instantly. Done deal. End stop. Full stop. End the story. You were saved. The question is, are you continuing in the word of God now that you're saved? Are you being consistent now that you are saved? Is God's word still the criteria you use to live your life? Is God's word still the criteria that you use to make decisions in your life? That's the question. If so, John says that you will continue on in your relationship with both the Son and the Father. We know that not a single one of us here today have perfectly and consistently obeyed God's word since we were saved. We know we've all blown it. We've all had our moments, but that is not the issue here. We're not talking about perfection here. The issue is this. Have you overall, have you been consistently consistent with God? That is, when you do blow it, when you do buckle under the temptation to sin, do you consistently go right back to the word of God for direction? When you do blow it, when you do sin, when you do succumb to the temptation to sin, friend, do you immediately return to God? Do you immediately go back to the throne of grace and receive the forgiveness and the cleansing and the help that we all need? That's what we have to do. Sometimes we got to have God to get us back on the right track. Friend, listen, maybe you haven't been very consistent in your walk with God. If so, don't feel shot at because you are in good company today. Somebody say amen. We all been there. We all have our struggles. Just know this, that if you haven't been very consistent in the past, that does not mean that you cannot be consistent in the future. You just got to put your foot down and say from this point forward, I'm walking consistently and faithfully with the Lord my God. Now, if you'll get up from a sinful situation, if you'll strive for these marks of consistency, being consistently Christ-like, being consistently caring with your brothers and sisters, being consistently confident, consistently compliant to the Word of God, consistently consistent, running back to God every time you blow it, then I want you to know that you're going to honor the Lord and you'll be able to continue on with him. Now, I want to address the motive for our consistency. Why should I strive so hard to be consistent? Well, because listen, one day Christ is going to appear. And he's going to appear when you least expect it. John said, now little children, abide, be consistent in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence. 
Christ appearing at the rapture of the church is going to be instantaneous. Christ's return at the rapture of his church is going to come without warning. How do you know, Bill? Well, because Paul wrote about it to the Thessalonian church. He said, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Y'all, me and Janet were having some worship going on at my house. And we were wondering, what's that trumpet sound like? What's that trumpet sound like? The closest thing I could come to. If you don't want to hear this, you better cover up your ears. If you got a baby, you better cover up that baby's ears. Because I got a feeling it may sound just like this. Got my attention, didn't it, you? And I was expecting it. What if you weren't expecting it? That'd get your attention, wouldn't it? Friend, listen. When that trumpet goes off, there will be no time for you to correct mistakes of the past. When that trumpet sounds, there will be no time to decide that you're all of a sudden ready to start living differently. The life you're living when that trumpet sounds, the life you're living when the Lord appears, is the life you're going to present to him. That is why it is so important for us to live consistently day after day after day. Because we don't know when he's coming. I read about a man who was always the first one out the door. When the five o'clock whistle blew at the end of the workday. One day that man was asked, how are you always the first one ready to go at quitting time? He said, simple. I just stay ready to keep from getting ready. Y'all following me? I stay ready to keep from getting ready. That is exactly how we ought to be living. Ready, ready to go when Jesus appears. Don't you be the one who's waiting around to see if the rapture is real and then make your decision then. No, that ain't the way it works. When Christ appears, you're going to need to be ready. And listen, if you have heard the gospel good news of Jesus Christ and you've not yet responded to it, if you have heard the gospel good news of Jesus Christ and you have rejected it, you are in a very dangerous place today. Why? Because he could come today. He could come right now. 
wouldn't it be much better for us to go ahead and come to Christ today and avoid the alternative of not being his? Striving for those marks of consistency and understanding the motive for consistency prepares me and you to meet Jesus face to face. I can't even imagine. I saw a picture on Facebook of this lady hugging the neck of Jesus. I mean, she was just bawling. Can't wait to meet my Lord. But let's close today by looking at the measure of our consistency. How will our consistency be measured? See, when Jesus comes for us and we meet him for the first time face to face, we're going to have one of two responses. We're either going to be assured or we're going to be ashamed as believers. Most Christians feel like they're somewhere in the middle between those two extremes. But what you need to know is, is that according to the Bible, after the rapture of the church, after Jesus comes for his people, there's going to be this severe seven-year period called the Great Tribulation. You don't want to be around for that. And during that Great Tribulation, both Christians and the Holy Spirit are going to be noticeably absent. They're going to say, where's Brother Hal? He gone. It's at this time, though, that Brother Hal is going to be with all the other Christians up in heaven. And he, too, like us, will be standing before what's called the great, the, the great judgment seat of Christ. The Bema judgment seat of Christ. Now, friends, listen, this is not a judgment to determine whether you've been saved or not. Brother Hal's already saved. He's going to heaven. But he's still got to appear before this throne. But it's not to determine whether he's saved or not. It's to determine what kind of rewards Brother Hal might get or not. Rewards for consistent, faithful service to the Lord. What will your rewards look like? Well, listen to what the Bible says about these rewards. In 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 11, the Bible says, For no other foundation can anyone lay other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Listen, that's the only way to get to heaven is Jesus Christ, in stop, full story, period. That's it, right? But listen, if anyone builds on that foundation of Jesus Christ, with gold and silver, precious stones, wood, hair, straw. Each one's work will become clear. For the day, that is the day the Lord comes for us, will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and fire will test each one's work of what sort it was, if it was any good. If anyone's work with which he is built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he'll suffer loss, 
But, listen, he himself will be saved. He's already saved by Jesus, see. He will be saved, but his rewards won't be with him. And then in 2 Corinthians 5.10, listen to this. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Again, this is not about whether you're saved or not. Jesus already accomplished that for you and you place your faith in him. You're heaven bound. The reason we stand before this judgment seat it's for rewards or not. The judgment seat of Christ is where your consistency will be measured. Has she been consistent in her, in her Christian life? Since she's been saved, has she been consistently faithful? And when the evidence shows how you measured up in your consistency, you'll either be assured or ashamed will you be assured see the Lord's going to judge what we've done with our Christian lives while we're down here on earth have we lived consistently to the Lord since we've been saved or have we lived consistently for ourselves since we've been saved the Bible mentions five different kinds of crowns that will be the rewards for different kinds of consistent service. That's a topic for another message. But do you think you might get a reward? Think you might get a crown? If so, Revelation chapter 4 Tells us what you get to do with that crown. In verse 10, John writes, The 24 elders, those 24 elders represent the Old Testament believers and the New Testament believers. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne. And they worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne. And they declare, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. That's what you get to do with your crown. So what kind of reward are you going to get? What kind of reward will you receive at the judgment seat of Christ? You know, really that shouldn't be our focus for consistent, faithful Christianity. That's not really for us to be concerned with right now. Because you need to know that Jesus will make every judgment perfectly. He will give every reward perfectly. All we should want to hear is, Well done, my good and faithful, consistent servant. You were faithful, consistent with a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. And here's the good part. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Enter into the joy 
of the Lord. Friend, the only way you're going to hear those wonderful words is by living a consistent life day after day according to the measure of God's word. Are you assured? Or do you think you might be ashamed? Sadly, many believers will stand before the judgment seat of Christ in shame. Why, Bill? There's no tears in heaven, is there? There's no sadness in heaven, is there? Well, what happened is, is these believers, they accepted the free gift of salvation, but then they drifted away from the lordship of Christ. And they chose instead to live for themselves. And the question of the day from Jesus Christ will be, what did you do with the blessings you received from me? What did you do with the blessings you received from me? Listen, the issue is not perfection. But did you live consistently with what I blessed you with? In spite of the times that you succumbed to temptation, did you continue on in the Lord in consistent, faithful service even after you sinned? Even after you blew it, did you come running back? Or did you get so entrapped by sin that you began to yield to a self-centered life? We know that God forgives our sins. And we know it was the blood of Jesus Christ that covers the multitude of our sin. But the question is this. Did we accept the Lord's forgiveness and keep on serving him and keep on making a difference and keep on doing the will of God? Or did we just remain a Sunday-only Christian week after week after week? Did you get in the game or did you stay in the stands? This week, Lexington High School, Lauderdale County, and Brooks, too, all won their championship games. Or second, second level, right? Why? Because they weren't content to stay in the stands. They wanted to go get in the game. They wanted to go get, make a difference. And they did. And they won. Now, Revelation verse, chapter 21, verse 4 says this. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now, that's the end of the story, right? God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Wait a minute, Bill. You're telling me that there's going to be tears in heaven? That's exactly what I'm telling you. I believe that those tears that God is going to wipe away are tears of shame and regret from those people who have inherited the kingdom of heaven, but only after not living consistently for the Lord in their lives down here. 
doesn't have anything to do with where they're going to spend eternity because they're going to be with the Lord. But the Lord's going to have to wipe that tear away because they realized that they could have been living consistently and for whatever reason they chose not to. Friend, the only way that we can avoid that kind of shameful experience is to live a consistent life of faith with the time you have left. You can't do nothing about the past. It's past. You can't do anything about yesterday, but you can start today and live consistently for Christ with the rest of your days. We must get ready. We must stay ready for our Savior to appear, especially in turbulent times. Are you ready? Are you staying ready? Do you see the marks of consistency in your own life? Are you striving to be Christ-like? Striving to be caring and confident, compliant to the Word of God? Are you being consistently consistent? Do you realize, friend, that the motive for our consistency is the fact that Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will see their doom. Trumpets will sound. I know y'all don't want to hear that no more. Don't forget that our consistency will be measured by the only one who can accurately measure it. There'll be the judgment seat of Christ. And today, you need to address the question, will I be assured or ashamed? It doesn't have to be shame. You can start today and say from this point forward, I'm going to start living a life of consistency for my Lord and Savior because he's worthy. He's worthy of everything I have to give him. Whatever it is, you need to get right with God today. Start today. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I praise you and thank you, Lord, that we are not accepted into heaven by anything that we can do. It's all our Savior, Jesus. But Father, we recognize fully that because we belong to you and because we are your children, we ought to be striving for perfection. Lord, we ought to not take your grace for granted. We ought to not trample the blood of Jesus under our feet. Rather, we should strive for all these Marks of consistency, knowing that you can come back right now. Right now. Father, I for one want to be absolutely assured of whatever rewards you want to offer. Just because of what you've done in me and through me. In us and through us, Father. As we yield and submit our lives to you for your glory. And allow the Holy Spirit to use us mightily to point many, many more to salvation in Jesus Christ. Help us to be disciplers. Help us to be leaders. Help us to be encouragers. Father, help us to be testifiers that testify to your greatness, your grace, 
and your goodness in offering salvation to us through the shed blood and the broken body of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord. And I pray if there's anything that anyone needs to get right today, if somebody is ready to start living consistently from this moment forward, Father, it all begins with just a prayer. Lord, I pray you would just encourage them to come forward and let's pray. And let's start fresh today. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's sing. <clears throat> Please stand. Let's sing. Amen.